That sound means another episode of Game for a Movie. It is episode 32. We've made it 32 episodes. It's crazy. All right. It's, yeah, we're it's here. still amazing to see us at this level. And we just recently hit a milestone. I don't know if you guys know this or not. We have one episode that is by itself 100 downloads. Wow. Yeah. And then that's, we ha- pretty, that's pretty big. And then we have three that are in the 90s. Oh, yay. Okay. So, I mean, the 90s were a great time, so. <laughs> the, the little well, bit you remember of it? Right, yeah, I say that like I was there for co- cogent for all of it, but, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah, absolutely nice. Yeah, what's whatever, our number? What's I think I know the answer, but what yeah. is our most downloaded episode? Our most downloaded episode is the original Vampire Boys. Oh hell Vampire yeah! Vampires are high. Vampire Boys are high. They're not. Well, and so <laughs> one of our nineties, one of our nineties is Vampire Boys Two. It's currently Ooh. tied for third in most downloads. Uh, people love the Vampire Boys. We we might have to pivot to vampire only content. Well, Andre, did you didn't I don't know if you listened to the last episode, but we are talking about Vampire Boys Three: The Unfanging. Yes, the Unfanged. The Unfanging. Or titles not developed. <laughs> I cannot wait until the Unfanging. <laughs> uh, I am your host, Mike, for Game for a Movie. I am joined by Andre and Jill. Nice. Uh, welcome, friends. Uh, we are Missy Mitchell. It is a Where's Mitchell episode. In the world is Mitchell San Diego. Okay, so Mitchell leaves. We have a new theme song person. <laughs> That's basically a copyright the perfect but... opening. <laughs> <laughs> it was perfect. No, it's, it works. It was just more so a matter of, like, we lost one theme song person for another, and it works. Yeah. Yeah. Jill, I happen to see you drinking on camera right now. What are you drinking? It's not tea. It's not tea. <laughs> oh, why? I'm not a grandma tonight. Um, I am enjoying uh, a local brewery, Hog River, so local to me in uh, Hartford. It is Local 35. This is an India India Pale Ale. It is delicious. Yes, I love that. It's a great one. You may... You may recognize it as one of the many beer we won yes. when we showed up for trivia and, like, took over like a boss. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. You guys won how many four-packs? Four? Five? We, five. With the table one, four. The table five, one. Four, four packs, yeah. Pretty well. Yeah, five, five four-packs. Four That's insane. 20 beers. Oh, we were very generous. It was kismet. We were talk- I was telling the story about how I totally didn't understand the lyrics to Shaggy Wasn't Me. And then we walked in, and you were monotonely reading those lyrics. And <laughs> it, was, it was very bizarre. <laughs> it is really weird. Uh, for the viewers listening, I do know now what the meaning of the song, Wasn't Me, is about. He good. did it. He's guilty. Yes, he's very guilty. <laughs> uh, Andre, are you drinking over there? You're the only one not on camera, so I can't I know, tell. I'm sorry, drinking. I don't have my web camera available. I am drinking. I'm also drinking locally. I'm drinking... Uh, a Labyrinth Brewery Labyrinth. Uh, beer, the Pan's Double IPA. I might have had nice. it on a previous episode, but nice. Pan's Double IPA is pretty pretty good. I definitely have two drinks that I've never had before on the show. Um, Claire and I ordered dinner, and we got a prickly pear uh, margarita that was Perfect. splittable. Uh, it's fantastic. It's really smooth, and it's kind of um, it's gonna do some wonders to my head later. Um, My fun Mike. Yes, right. Uh, and then Margarita I, Mike. They always call him Margarita Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, so absent Andre. <laughs> absent. Oh my God, Jesus! That makes a picture. A name alcohol. Jungle I mean, juice, Jill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, there we go. That's my first drunk night. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> we touched the nerve. 
I love Sorry, it. Jungle we're getting away from things. <laughs> no, we are we are sticking with these nicknames. Guess what? Everybody now has a nickname on the show. And so it's, it's, Ma- it's Mitchell. Uh, Manhattan He's not here. Mitchell. He can't be Margarita Mitchell. Manhattan Mezcal Mitchell. Mezcal Mitchell. Oh, Mezcal Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Mezcal. Yeah, like it. I like that a lot. And of course, Tequila T Dog, because T Dog's still with us. Mm-hmm. Chardonnay Claire. Yes, indeed. Chardonnay Claire. I love it. I love how three fifths of our podcasts are all uh, semi tequila related drinks. Very good. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm just a hodgepodge of liquor. <laughs> what, what else is there with a J? <laughs> We'll think of something, but ju- jungle juice chill for now. And the other thing, I have a beer as well. Um, the beer is from Armada Brewing and it is called Alien Boy IPA. Armada, is that, in, is, that in, uh, is that local? Um, it's definitely East Coast. Okay. I don't know exactly. I, I think it's actually in like New York or something like that, but I could be way wrong. Um, we do have this internet. It in is our hands. in, according to Google, East Haven, Connecticut. So oh, oh, wow. So it is a Connecticut beer. All right. So, hey, drink local. Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah. We have these drinks. We also have some movies to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. Jill lost our challenge. And our challenge, what was it? A bracket challenge is what we officially went with? I guess. <laughs> yes, that's officially what we're going to say. So yes. whoever had the worst bracket at this point because of March Madness, that's what oh. we'll say. And Jen, My Jill, bracket Jill busted, busted in half. I, yes. was, I flew so so close to the sun, and then my entire bracket's gone. <laughs> yep. um, so she will go last, as always, to build the suspense. Uh, I guess I will start. Um, I had you guys vote because I had watched two, and the other one is going to be used for hashtag cash or trash later in the show. Uh, you guys chose Boss Level, which is a Hulu original movie. Uh, it stars Frank Grillo, and it Who? is huh? Who? Frank Grillo? Frank Grillo. Mark. Yeah, Frank I'm Grillo. Um, that so, guy. So he yeah. was uh, Crossbones in the Marvel universe. So. Yeah, he's he's like he's the guy that Cap beats up in the, in elevator. the um, elevator. Oh, that guy! Yeah. I know him by the character's name. Which is? P. Crossbones. Yeah. Crossbones. No. Yes, crossbones. I'll shout it out later. I, no. I, he, I, I recognize his face now. I'm okay. also, Great. wait, uh, all right, so now I gotta pull it up, um, because Frank Grillo's been in other stuff, of course. Um, so Frank... Rumlow. Yes. Yeah, Rumlow. No, Brock Rumlow. Really Not okay. a P. Yes. Rumlow. Yes. Uh, he was in The Purge, Anarchy. Um, that's one that's like... I Classic. Watched. Yes, I've watched Great. it a bunch, actually. No, have you, I have not seen a single Purge movie. I, I have no idea how good they are. I've been to the Halloween Horror Nights Purge-themed house. So... It was fun. So... <clears throat> I like the Purge movies. I'm not going to suggest them. You know what okay. I mean? Sure. You know, a guilty pleasure, if you guilty will? Guilty pleasure, yeah. They're, they're enjoyable. Um, the first Purge... I don't know. Well, we're getting way off track. He's only in the second and third Purge movies. Um, is he? Is he one of the? Is he uh, one of the persons, people that does the purging? One of the crazies that shows up to murder the, the innocent people? So when they are protecting the president nominee, oh, presidential so nominee, the president gets involved. Okay. Basically, yes. Oh yeah. So basically, to go way off on a tangent, um, <clears throat> this presidential nominee finds herself among the people on Purge night, and Frank Grillo is her bodyguard. Oh, 
and like okay. he's the Gerard Butler of that movie. Yes, he's the Gerard Butler. Yes, exactly. And it, oh, I'm glad okay. you said that because Gerard Butler is a great way to describe Frank Grillo. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, okay. He's a decent he's actor. A Gerard Butler type. You're right. Yeah, yeah. He's a decent actor, but he's just going to get action movie after action movie just because he's that like kick-ass looking guy. Mm. Um. So Frank Grillo in this movie is stuck in a time loop. And he needs to figure out why. And in this time loop, he gets murdered every single day by a hit squad of assassins. This is boss level, right? Yes, this is boss level. Yes, this is the boss level. Yes. Purge 2 is different entirely, but this is boss level. So he has to figure out who's doing this to him, why it's happening, and how to get out of the time loop. Um, Every day he dies from a different assassin killing him. We start the movie at, like, attempt 121 so he's been through this a lot um and it starts even with him waking up to a guy wielding a machete trying to kill him while he sleeps and he like perfectly dodges it and then there's a helicopter that comes in and like fires all these bullets and then we get to the story and he's like i need to get there before this bus and he doesn't get there before the bus. His, his bus clips his car, and he gets, like, thrown from the car into the bus and <laughs> dies. And then it goes, attempt 122, and, like, you know, it's, it's all over again. Um, basically, what got... So, how far do you want me to spoil this? Because it is brand new. It is something you can watch on Hulu. It, okay, well, I guess this kind of spoils your... your um your thoughts, but would you recommend watching it? I guess it's really it, right? Like, would you recommend so, you go see this? You're not getting anything you shouldn't expect on this movie. Okay. You so know? this is Happy Death Day with testosterone. Yeah. So would you lose a lot from a plot from from, from spoilers? How about that? Mm. Is there a twist? There is a twist. Um, okay, well, let's not spoil the twist then. Yeah, we'll not <laughs> spoil the twist. Um... But basically, I mean, like, I can tell you who else is in this movie, and you can kind of figure out who's going to be the good guy, who's going to be the bad guy. Okay, uh, okay, okay, I like that. Naomi Watts is in it. Um, I the recognize that name. guy who played Curly in the Three Stooges movie, because I'm not bothering to learn his name. I think it's Will Sasso, but I'm not bothering to learn it. Oh, oh, the new, okay, got it. The yeah, new yeah, yeah, Three yeah, Stooges yeah. movie, yes. I have the face, yes. The Stooges movie? Uh, okay, 2012? It's not good. Relatively new, yeah. Yeah. New compared to the black and white shorts. Right. <laughs> oh, this is when I was not paying attention to cinema. Mm-hmm. Yes, it I was. Forgot this. It was not good. It was. It's something yeah, you who should block out. Forget the 2012 adaptation of Three Stooges. Such is a it? Classic. Is it really 2012? By the way. It is 2012. Oh, it's it got a 51% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes Oof. for those at home who are wondering. And the problem is, it is just forgettable. It's just one of those comedies that just falls in that realm. It's not so bad. It's good. It's not so good. It's bad. It just is forgettable. Mm. But I will never forget the fact that this man played Curly, and I can't learn his actual name, so I just call him the man who played Curly in the Three Stooges movie. Fair enough. Excellent. I'm sure he's very happy about that. Yes. I, hey, dude that played Curly in the Three Stooges movie, come at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's Mel Gibson. And Heard of him. Yeah, and then who else? I gotta pull up the actor. Uh, uh, Ken, uh, Michelle Yeoh. Okay. Yeah, Ken Jeong's in this. Ken Jeong's in it. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay. Some good actors right there. Some names. 
it's a it's yeah, a decent they... yeah it's a decent um cast list just because you like recognize everybody even the people that are like minor you recognize you've seen them in something um so he just needs to get to the bottom of why he's in this time loop and why the assassins are after him there's a couple funny scenes um that i think were good takes on it so for example there's a part where like he just he gets so frustrated with his last attempt and so like the machete guy he has like this choreographed dance with kind of in the beginning where he just kind of avoids him, avoids him, avoids him, kicks him in the middle of the room and the helicopter just firing bullets takes care of him. And so he doesn't usually kill him himself, but he's so frustrated with his last attempt that he just like wakes up just, "Ah!" and just like grabs a machete and just starts chopping the guy. And then he like, after he comes down from his stupor, he walks into the room and just kind of is sitting there like, Oh my God, this is the worst day. And then he realizes Fuck the helicopter. And he just gets shot with a million bullets for a second. And then it's like attempt number 124, you know, like it just goes. Okay. Um, and so there's there's those kind of moments that are pretty funny. Um, there's a part where he realizes there's a tracker in his teeth. Because he's trying to figure out how these assassins keep finding him. And it's taken this long. And so he pulls out all of his teeth trying to find it. Oh, God. And it's the, no, no, no. It's not a scene where they make you sit through it, but there's sure. a part where he like looks at this guy and he smiles at him and you see like half his teeth are gone. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay, he's just like, it's, a, it's a jump cut. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. I okay. mean, there's a part where the, he does take out a tooth and it's a little excruciating, but sure. But this isn't saw. It isn't saw. No, it's not. It's not gratuitous um, torture porn. Torture porn. Yeah, it's not torture porn. Um, overall, I would say. 3.25 out of 5 um, assassins. Okay. You know? Sure. Like, yeah. you're getting, um, you you know what you're getting. It's, it's okay. not overthinking. Like, the plot's not particularly smart. Um, you know, it's, you kind of see where it's going, and um, it's decent, though. Like, it, it has some good gags, and... As far as time loop movies go, I love time loop movies. I've talked about Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day 2. Groundhog Day is one of my favorites. Um, Edge of Tomorrow or Live, Die, I, Repeat. I don't know what they're I love that one too. Yeah, it's Edge yeah. of Tomorrow now. Um, and they're making a second one. I'm in for it. They are. Like, yes. what? I didn't they know are? They wow. are. They are making a second oh, one. I need to see the first one. Yes, the oh, first man. one let's, is really let's good. Let's that show. We can, we can watch it. Oh, yes, please. Yes. Very good. Yeah, um, um, there's a second one coming, um, and I don't know what the plot's going to be or anything like that. I just know the actor signed on, and there's a script written. Um, sweet! I don't know if they've even begun filming. Maybe they have. I thought it was supposed to come out 2022, maybe. Uh, oh, God, I just read the title on Wikipedia. What it, is it? It's a sequel titled Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat is in development. That's gotta be a temporary title. That We're is, not uh, gonna name it that. Yeah. Ugh. Who knows? We're just going to call it Edge of Tomorrow, Edge of Today. Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, uh, <laughs> I like that one better, but it's uh, better than live, die, repeat, and repeat. <laughs> Much better right. than that. The, the guy true. who came up with a die, die hard, die another day, or whatever. Oh um, come up with that one. Uh, no, to be fair, it was just Die Hard too. We just <laughs> die hard. We just misinterpreted the poster as the title Die Hard. That was a Die Hard. Die Hard Two. Die Hard with the Vengeance, uh, Live Free or Die Hard, 
and It's a Good Day to Die Hard. That's the only one that you should skip. It's a Good Day, it's to, a good die day to Die Hard. Yes. That's I mean, the last. That's the last one. Repeat and repeat. Okay. Yes. You know, yeah, similar. It's a Good Day to Die Hard is, uh, is crap. Does somebody actually drop that line in the movie? It's what? a Good Day to Die Hard. No. Like, does somebody say it? How can you have that title and have nobody say it? So, I mean, mm, no. I, I'm trying to block this movie out of my mind. Somebody may <laughs> say it's a good day to die, but they don't say it's a good day to die hard. So it's not and a rule credits completely. Okay, well that's where the part where the audience, like the audience, throws a spoon and says hard. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> throws a spoon. Who throws a spoon? I mean, literally. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, so three point five out of five assassins. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so you would you would, it's on Hulu and you know it's it's worth a watch if you're interested. If the premise is yeah. interesting you at all. It's uh, like you like I said, you're not going to get anything crazy out of it. It's an action movie, popcorn. Get it going. If you want to be on your phone, you're not going to miss anything huge. Um, and Ken yeah. Jeong is bearable in it. I like Ken Jeong, I, and he like he gets a little over the top sometimes. He's pretty good in this one. Okay. You know. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to hear it. Yeah, Andre. What do you got for hey. us? All right. So I only talk about the most relevant of movies on this podcast. Oh yeah. So I'm here to talk to you guys about the classic Pixar movie for 2013, Monsters University. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, the the reason I want movies. So Jill and I have kind of just been filling in the backlogs of my. Pixar canon, as it works. So I've missed a bunch of them, as, as it turns out. So we watched okay. Wally some some weeks ago, and that was great. Um, and then Monsters University was another one of Jill's kind of uh, pet favorites that uh, we just kind of, you know, on, on a lark decided to, to watch together a couple nights ago. So yeah, I mean, Monsters it's, University is pretty pretty it's good. In my top five Pixar yeah. films. I, so really? I, I guess yeah. you know, oh. for for somebody who loves, I mean, I feel like I talk about animated movies all the time on this show. For somebody who loves animation as much as I did, it's kind of surprising it took so long for me to watch this. But this, so Monsters University kind of came out in the period where Pixar really started to open the window in terms of sequels. Like for the longest mm-hmm. time, Toy Story 2 was their only sequel. Everything got I, greenlit for the sequels. Exactly. Then. It felt like everything all at once. Like we had Finding Dory, Cars 2, Cars 3, you know, Toy Story 4, and, and Incredibles 2. Just so many sequels, right? I just I threw up in my mouth a little bit when you said Cars 2. Go on. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And I don't know, it just, it was, it, this kind of came out of the period where I was kind of, not over Pixar, but wasn't on my radar as much, you know? Um, and I just never really got around to it until now. Um, and I heard its reputation is kind of like, a, you know, I feel like even the worst critics of this movie have been like, it's, it's harmless, you know? It's, a, mm-hmm. it's, it's, totally, it's totally a fine, acceptable movie. And yeah, I just want to say at the top that I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm a huge fan of, of Monsters, Inc., the original um, and it really touched those characters. I thought the even the plot in the, the little little side uh, canon plot in Kingdom Hearts three, where you as, as a follow up to, 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 uh, to Monsters Inc. was was pretty charming in and of itself. Um, but yeah, so I was definitely down for uh, kind of a prequel adventure, uh, the, the, learning a little bit more about Mike and Mike Wazowski and Sully's uh, relationship. Mike Wazowski, James P. Sullivan, James P. Sullivan, full name too. Um, anyways, the top, the, in case you haven't seen it, seen it before, Monsters University, it follows the two main characters from the original movie, Monsters, Inc. Um, Mike Wazowski, the small Mike Wazowski! He's more of the main character in this one, and this kind of follows his emotional journey about going to call, wanting to go into Monsters University, the, the top prestige college for being a scarer. Uh, he, yes. like, Mike always wanted to be a scarer since he's been little, 
Um, so this kind of little follows error. his emotional journey there. <laughs> little error. <laughs> yeah, little error. You're right. Little error. Yes. Um, well, you know, he's kind of propped up to be a very, very much like he's putting in a lot of effort for something they doesn't have as much talent in, um, which is pretty, you know, kind of relatable a lot in a lot of ways. Um, you see him putting all this effort into being the best scare he can be, and meanwhile, uh, James P. Sullivan of the famous Sullivan clan uh, kind of waltzes in, all talent, just is a naturally born good scare, but doesn't put any effort in, and kind of just lollygags his way through classes, and so you can see these two butting heads. Um, and then, and Joe kind of described it as a perfect story, to me, perfectly to me, as it's, this is basically just Revenge of the Nerds in animated form. Not um, wrong on that, yeah. Yeah, it's much closer. You had said it's like Animal House. Uh, that when it's I like watched, when I when, when going into, I thought it was okay. This is Monsters Inc., but Animal House, right? Like, yeah, that was my guess. And you said it was more like a Revenge of the Nerds, which is very accurate. Um, Both of those films hit. They're all all of those set late seventies, eighties college films are rolled into Monsters University. I, right. I love They're Animal House, so I'm just sitting here with the quotes just going to my head, like. <laughs> Did we quit when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Just let him go, he's rolling. (laughs) Yeah, well, and then you can tell that obviously a lot of the people that worked on this film probably grew up with those movies, uh, because there's a lot of love put in this. You can definitely tell. I mean, like, this is not... I would not say that this movie has the same emotional core as the Monsters, Inc. original. Like, there's just no kind of same sort of emotional core that um, Sully and Boo had. Um, But I wasn't really going and expecting that. I don't think it's worse. I don't think it's, like, a worse movie for that. It's just a kind of a difference. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this definitely doesn't, is a super surprising film. Obviously, we know where these characters, a lot of these characters end up Mm -hmm. uh, for Monsters, Inc. That's kind of the problem with prequels is that you kind of really already know how, where where everyone's going to be. Right. But, I mean, the journey there is a satisfying enough watch. Um, I will say the animation, it it looks great, especially when we compare the two films side by side. Mm -hmm. I mean, Pixar is always on the cutting edge of animated animation, but uh, you can tell they really flexed it with the the fur technology, as it were. Sully, particularly, the fur awesome. technology. Yeah, they were they were definitely flexing pretty hard. Um, I will say, I love the side characters in this movie. Uh, yeah. Seeing Helen Mirren and uh, uh, Nathan Fillion show up for the villainous roles, as it were, the antagonistic roles is great. Yeah. Nathan Fillion plays the smarmy. Um, top frat bro, and it's just great. He's perfect. Um, I can't believe he fits in that role. <laughs> I know, me too. Like, Love you wouldn't Cameron, think, like, Johnny you know, that, that kind of character is like, really? Like, frat, dude? Like, okay, you're a little old to play a college student, bro, but you buy it. It, he pulls it off its dry. He it's could great. totally do it. No, he totally did. Yeah, and, um... And you get to meet the the, the guys of Uzma Kappa. Yeah, Uzma Kappa. They're all kind of lovable, lo- lovable in their tropey ways. Charlie Day is great as... What's his... What's Art. Like, Art, Art, yes, he's definitely my favorite of the the Motley Crew. Who's my cap? Is the Motley Crew that Sully and Mike are in? Uh, they're the, the the nerdy Fred, as it were, that aren't good at aren't scary at all, but they're wanting scares. Yeah, okay. it's a very charming film all around. I mean, um, obviously it's Pixar, so you know you're, you need to expect quality as long as it doesn't have cars in its name. Um, <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Dude, I uh, even liked Cars I, Three. Cars Two was I like just trash. You know what? To be fair, in reference to that, I have not seen Cars Three because I hated Cars Two so much. I like Cars. Cars One was fine. Cars, I have not seen Cars. 2. Cars Three hit in a way I did not think it was gonna hit me. Okay. And I was like, all right, you know what? Is this my favorite Pixar film? Absolutely not. But this is better than Good Dinosaur it's good and enough. definitely better than Brave. Yeah, it's okay. good enough. I, okay. I I agree with that statement. I don't think Cars Three is gonna be high on anybody's list. But it's decent enough where you're just like, okay. And they have some moments where you're just like, 
Oh, that's that's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll put it on the watch list. Part full. I said. <laughs> uh, um. Anyways, just to wrap up my thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I would I would give this uh, I would give this movie probably a similar rating. Really, three point two five um popped collars out of five. Oh, popped collars. I like it. Yeah. All right. So all right. Nathan Fillion's popped collars definitely definitely a sticking point for me for this. Okay. So I would I, so and then I would say that like. In a direct, more direct comparison, mm-hmm. I was uh, I was alluding to a little bit of sequel fatigue with with Pixar films. I definitely came out of this enjoying it more, feeling feeling like it was a more worthwhile movie than I did with Incredibles two. Would, Incredibles two was ooh. probably more like a okay that didn't really need to happen, I guess. You know. Okay, so I'm thinking I'm thinking to myself now, what did I like better, Monsters University or Incredibles two? And I feel they're like, very different films. That kind of yeah. it's not a fair comparison, but just as like you know, it's to me they're just Pixar follow ups. You know, that's yeah. the old yeah. similarity. Well, it's, it, it, yeah, it's just yeah. more so comparing it just because, like, I think those are good comparisons, more so because I think I had the same level of like out of it. Okay. My stance with Incredibles 2 is that I... The first one is fine. It is It, it doesn't hit me the way that it hits a lot of people, and I know, I know that a good portion of the population actually ranks that movie very, very high. Um, yeah. And when I found out they were making a second one... My biggest disappointment was that they weren't time jumping because mm-hmm. I really wanted to see what um, Violet and Dash, right? Yeah, that's yeah. his name. Dashel, um, and even Baby Jack Jack, like what they would be like growing up older, being like the first wave of new generation. You wanted the heroes. next generation of. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted the next chapter in the story, not the next day. Mm. And Monsters University, besides being a college film, and I love college films, I like the fact that the way. <laughs> they mitigated this was they made it a prequel and they did it with enough care that it, it worked yes mm-hmm. definitely it doesn't it doesn't ruin any characters critically like, yeah i was gonna ask you that do you feel that it it yeah. blends well with what comes later i mean it, it doesn't tear apart the legacy of monsters of monsters inc right the first one so it's been a while but i felt that and maybe i'm wrong about this wasn't randall in it Randy Boggs. Yep. Randy I Boggs. feel like Randall got less scary to me going back to Monsters yep. Inc. That's the I'll only character. That's the only character that I'm thinking here. Going okay, maybe that character got. I don't even say ruined, but just something changed about my opinion of them. His perception. Yeah, yeah. I would agree. He's I would kind agree. of a nothing I, character. I, I, yeah. In, yeah. In, in Monsters University, to yeah. clarify. Yeah. They introduce him. He's not what you think he's going to be. Yeah. And then as the story plays out, it's just like, oh, he's a character on the board. We don't really know what to do with him. So we're going to move him over to another side of the board. Yeah. Yeah. And it just doesn't really, it's lazy. Yeah, a little bit. But, it, you know, I, I like I like seeing Randall being a shit heel, you know, yeah. for, for lack of a better phrase. But, yeah, okay. I don't know. I enjoyed him there. Yeah. 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 All right, so that brings us, Jill. You've been waiting. Oh, uh, <laughs> once you selected the movie, I was really excited for this episode. So, yeah. can you tell us what you watched and the whole synopsis? Let's just go with it all. <laughs> oh my god! So, for those of you who might not know, I really love Muppets. I'm a big fan of Jim Henson. I'm a big fan of anything the Jim Henson company has done. I was a big advocate for 
the Dark Crystal uh, Uprising. R.I.P. All of these great things with Muppets. Bring them back. Let's have a Muppet Renaissance. When I was, you know, doing the blowing the horn for the Muppet film Renaissance, I did not envision Happy Time Murders (laughs) as being the film that's like, yes, we're here. We're taking up that mantle. Challenge accepted. We're going to usher in the felt renaissance of Muppet films. (laughs) And I finally decided it was time. I needed to watch it. And since I lost the March Madness bracket, well, why not? (laughs) (laughs) So let me read you the synopsis. Um, And this this breakdown is going to be divided into some parts. So let's do the synopsis first. Can I also tell you, I've got a movie for you from uh, a buddy of mine. He Mm -hmm. has a uh, puppet movie called Head. Oh, boy. Oh, no. And I need to find it, but I think it's about, like, it's Cabin in the Woods uh, Cannibals, I think. I can get on board with that. I like a good horror puppet film. It is supposedly awful, and I'm saying this with my buddy, like, he may be listening, and I hope I'm not saying anything bad. Uh, If we do ever watch this movie, I want to have him on there. Um, So, let me find it. Sorry. You go. I will look it up. Okay. Oh, it's on Tubi. Um, uh, it used to right. be on Prime. I remember that, too. So, synopsis first. In an L.A. where puppets and humans coexist, a down-on-his-luck detective teams with his ex-partner to nab a killer targeting the cast of an old TV show. That is the Happy Timer, the Happy Time Gang, which was a TV show. Okay. So, part one of this... Let's talk about good things. Mm. So, puppeteers who are in this that I recognize, Bill Beretta, Kevin Clash, Brian Henson, and the guy who played Puppet Abed in Community. Puppet Abed! Yeah, exactly. I have never seen Community, but all of the people who know I like puppets and Muppets are like, there's this one episode and there's this Puppet Abed. I'm like, I don't know who that is, but cool. (laughs) Um, you have never seen Community. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. We no, gotta talk. <laughs> um, for those of you who might be not in the loop, uh, Bill Beretta is probably most famously known as playing Pe- Pepe the Prawn, um, who first appeared in Muppets in Space. Okay. Kevin Clash was Elmo, um, and he appears in a few other uh, Jim Henson productions in the mid '80s and '90s. And then Brian Henson is Jim Henson's son. Um, this is actually Brian's first director's credit since Muppet Treasure Island. So, yay, back in the director's chair. Muppet Treasure Island. Um, <laughs> and that's where the good things stopped. <laughs> um, yes, do well, you know why the good things stopped? Because, because you haven't seen started. Community. <laughs> yeah, because... <it, laughs> um, so, I will say that this, to, to be clear, these are not Muppets. These are puppets. Muppets are a different thing. They are owned by Disney now. So if I if I accidentally slip up and call this the, like, the naughty Muppet movie, I really mean puppet. Um, for those who are also curious, this was created by Ha Henson Alternatives. I like it. Okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, I actually took notes this time. I did my homework. Oh, my. So... The film starts off and we're introduced to our detective, um, Philip, uh, Phil, uh, Phil Phillips. He is your classic Dick Tracy type, chomps on cig- um, cigarettes, Didn't he win American toys. Idol? What? Didn't he win American Idol? Phil Phillips? Philip Phillips? 
No, this is Phil Phillips. Oh, Phil Not Phillips. Phillips. Okay, Philip Phillips. Philip, just, I okay. think Philip Phillips did win American Idol, but I had stopped watching by that. It's just, <laughs> it's just a joke that way, way too far. <laughs> <laughs> so we're introduced to our um, former cop, now detective. Um, American Idol Main winner. character, Phil Phillips. You know, like I said, Dick Tracy type. If you've seen um, Roger, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, which I wrote down, that would be an amazing crossover. Um, oh. He is very similar to that character. You know, something happened to him in his past that kind of took him off his all-star career. Now he's kind of washed up and just done with life and just kind of going through each day, drinking a lot of alcohol and smoking ungodly amounts of cigarettes. Okay. Um, <laughs> Maya uh, Rudolph plays his secretary mm-hmm. at his little detective agency, and they have good chemistry together. Um, I will say that all of the human characters that are in this film, I think, are having a great time, and okay. quite a few of them have an improv background, which plays well with everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love all the puppetry. There's some really well-designed puppets, and Detective Phillips drives a green car, which made me very happy, because Kermit... Uh, um, okay. <laughs> and as we're setting up the world, it becomes rapidly clear that this is just not a world where puppets and humans exist. This is a world where puppets were once puppets, but have now gained sentience that is such- and are living in the world a la bright. Like I'm just, I'm just imagining it. Like, like treat the event like the blip, like the sentience happening. You know what I mean? Like they don't have a name for it. They never refer to like the awakening. The awakening. That's but good, yeah, it's right. Like, just creepy knowing that that knowing that the characters know that there was a time when puppets were puppets, and now they're treated as as I, I feel like I, I, I think I like that actually. I think it's so, very it's, silly. It's weird. I don't like so it. So if you build a puppet in this world. Does it just immediately come to life, or does right. it, like, take time? Or maybe or? it has to reach puberty, well, like, maybe, like, never, well, okay, All right, so puppets age. They do age. Right. They've established that. Okay. Um, we do not see any puppets come to come into existence, but we see them die. Okay. Lots and lots of different ways. Okay, so is it super fucked up if a, if a puppet dies and then people use it as an actual puppet? I mean, they, they have sex puppets to be. Yeah, right. Like, like, where's, the, where's the morality on that? That's what I want to know. But know? what about sock puppets? Billing, they're making an income. I don't know. <laughs> I'll get to this actually sort of comes up in a moment. Okay. But yes, this is a world where puppets are now living and treated as. 1.5 like 2.5 citizens are not like full like they are full citizens oh boy. but they are still not treated very very well um okay. Phil Phillips was once the first puppet cop but he was the first and the last so something went down there did he win any singing um, competitions what did he win any singing competitions I'm sorry he not sing, apparently he's a great dancer oh okay. they all right that nugget of all right. info throughout the film all right, I'm done with that joke. Um, it's done. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, throughout the opening scene, we get to see a puppet's eye get stolen. We get to find out that no one really cares when a puppet dies. And if you cut a puppet, it bleeds fluff. Um, oh. <laughs> great things I've always wanted to I cut know. you open. What color do you bleed? <laughs> and right. to, my, to my horror and sadness... Walter, precious Walter, from the 2011, I believe, Muppets film that Jason Siegel did, he's yeah. getting held up in the background. Oh. He's at gunpoint. Poor Walter, what did they do to you? Oh, poor Walter. Okay. <laughs> no, exactly. What, what, what did this whistling pu- Muppet do? 
This is not even the first 10 minutes. Um, So the plot gets going with um, Phil, the Detective Phillips, meeting his new, um, I don't know what a, I can't even remember what a detective, like when you have like a, someone who hires you to do the thing, like I need you to investigate. Um, I don't have the word for it. Uh, Client? Client, thank you. His new client shows up and she is um, sultry. That's okay. a good way to describe that. Oh, okay. And I remember her from the trailer. Yeah, okay. Yeah. She's, a, she's a former sex puppet who enjoyed her job and probably still does because she really is, uh, she's thirsty. But someone's blackmailing her, so she needs him to investigate into this because she can't have the dirty laundry getting aired out. Okay. So she gives him the ransom note, the like the blackmail note. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go investigate this. Which takes us over to a new setting. Okay. Puppet Pleasure Land. The Puppet Porn Shop. Yeah. Oh, no. And what <sighs> what goodies await us in the Puppet Pleasure Land? I don't know. If I, I don't think I want to know. Well, you don't have to wait long because he sh- Detective Phillips walks in. He sees the uh, looking around for the guy who works there who's a vulture puppet. And uh, the guy's like, oh, just one second, and opens a door... And it is, it's a head shake. It's a no. It's an octopus milking a cow puppet. Oh. It's. Uh, oh. Oh. And, uh. Wait, all right. So is, like, if a hand goes up the puppet, is that fisting or is the, that, like, puppets? They don't touch that one. Okay. okay. I, there is no human puppet in sexual intercourse. Because that's what I was wondering okay. is, like, okay, right. is this sexual or not? Because that's where my mind went. The octopus milking the cow is sexual. Right. This is a this okay. is a being recorded for those who enjoy it at home. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the reason we're at the puppet pleasure land is because Detective Phillips, like any good mu- puppet man, he reads his porn. He recognizes that one of the letters cut out in like the blackmail note goes to uh, um, is a letter for one of the like a magazine's cover. Play toy. So. Nope. Oh. What is it called? Puppet Pussy? Oh. Yeah. They didn't even hide it. They're just Puppet Pussy. I wrote them all. I wrote all every other porn, uh, all the other porn mag names, but I didn't write this one. I think it's, um. Wait, you wrote down all of the other ones? Yeah, it's world building. (laughs) Oh, oh, right. This is some good lore. (laughs) It's very critical. um, Something Puppet uh, Pussy. I can't remember what it is, but it, that's, that, you know, then they say the name twice, just in case you missed it. Oh. Um, other magazines that one can buy at Puppet Pleasure Land include Ask Puppet Jamboree, okay. Puppet Chicks with Puppet Dicks, and uh, Chicks with Big Asses. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I so, know where I need to go now. <laughs> so he, uh, he gets the magazine, he looks at the cover, he figures out that the letter P matches the P on the cover, and we get this wonderful line, looks like this mystery is brought to you by the letter P. And then wow. the, the clerk says, oh, if you like P. Oh, no. Wow. Oh, no. We got to yeah, just no, drive they... home that we're puppets that are also sexual in nature. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Puppets are, puppets are thirsty. Um, this is also the location where the plot actually really starts to ramp up. So within the, this world is the show Happy Time, uh, the Happy Time Gang. We find out later that it was the first show like with a puppet, with a puppet cast that was sentient, that was like 
embraced by larger society and it's going into syndication okay. um and it has a whole its own cast of characters one of them is uh detective phillips brother larry another is um elizabeth banks she's the human cast character um and there's a few others but while detective phillips is in the porn shop he runs into bumbly Melissa what's McCarthy? his full name oh it is uh, augustus bumbly pants Oh, okay. Who's a character from the Happy Time Gang, voiced, uh, per- puppeted and voiced by Kevin Clash. Okay. And, uh, That's the Elmo guy? Gonna... Yeah, the Elmo yeah, guy. Okay. Cool. Um, yes, the Elmo guy. I know, um, I'm sorry and... I'm hurting you inside, but I, I don't know <laughs> this stuff okay. like you do. It's okay. Um, and uh, Bumbley's acting kind of weird. He doesn't want to be seen. Is it because he's in a porn shop? Is something else afoot? And uh, while Detective Phillips is in the back looking at the records because he's trying to figure out who gets the magazine. Yeah. Um, a, a, a trench coat wearing fedora covering per individual mm-hmm. that's definitely human shaped mm-hmm. and sized comes in and commits puppet massacre. He uh, shoots the vulture puppet, kills him, blows him to stuffer, stuffing arenes, blows the stuffing out of him. Okay. <laughs> um, and poor Augustus Bumbly Pants pees glitter in fear. Then he lays eggs, and then he gets shot to death. Mm. Okay. Stufferines? Stufferines. He fucking glitter. <laughs> he laid an egg. <laughs> and laid eggs. Because he's a bunny. Uh, Get it? Oh. Um, okay. I don't think we knew he was a bunny. Yeah, he's a bum- did sorry. know that. He's a bunny. Okay. Very lead on that one. Okay, so it makes a little more sense, I guess. But they uh, still don't lay eggs. (laughs) No, they don't lay eggs. Easter bunny did. Bunny. But the Easter bunny. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Well, look. If you go by Rise of the Guardians, they don't. He doesn't lay eggs. He just paints them. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, now we're mixing cannons here, and I'm losing the thread. I don't want Hugh Jackman involved in this. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Hey, everybody! Um, Happy Easter yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yesterday was Easter. Easter, everybody. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and if it. you're, if you're wondering, why did, how did Detective Phillips, you know, this chiseled, grizzled, you know, chain-smoking dude, miss all of this? It's because to get to the back office, he had to walk by like a number of different um, porn film theaters, okay. and in the office is a porn playing of a human male being uh, dominated by a Dalmatian dog puppet and wait I thought you said that there wasn't uh there wasn't any they're not having intercourse no, he's, okay he, he's being dominated that doesn't always being... include intercourse okay being, not, but... there ain't no intercourse but okay, he's being whatever. dominated by a Dalmatian okay wait do we know who this person is have you seen him before no. okay because I'm wondering I, tr- I, I tried to figure out who that was ready to loop um... it all back together <laughs> we're gonna loop it all back together here we go I was ready so if it if it is um uh what's his name shoot i can't think of his name um screw this i am to be uh i'm turning i'm tying it all together just get ready for it uh so the character is Mm -hmm. dean pelton in community uh, whoever played him, because I can't remember his name off the top of my head, and this is killing me because you're going to be like, oh, wow, why did that take so long? Uh, Jim Rash. Okay. 
who plays Dean Pelton in Community, had a Dalmatian fetish. Boom! Oh, snap. Yeah, so wow. if you saw Community, it might have been him. Yeah, there you go. He was ball gagged and strapped to a bed being dominated by a dog that was definitely going to pee on him. And if so. it's like Dean Pelton, he enjoyed it a lot. Yeah. Thankfully, we don't see the dog pee. Damn. But now that there's murders happen at this porn shop, let's meet some more human characters, starting with our main human character lead, Melissa McCartney. Melissa McCarthy. McCarthy. Yeah. Called, I almost called her Melissa McCartney. Um, Melissa McCarthy. She plays Detective Connie Edwards. She is Phil's ex-partner. They had a falling out. Though oh. apparently they used to be two peas in a pod, like Batman and Robin, really good at solving cases together. Um, okay. But she has a big hard-on of puppet hate for uh, Detective Phillips and pretty much all puppets. We'll find out why later. We also meet the, um, so she's the lieutenant. So she's the detective in... Uh... Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where he hates cartoons. Basically. Yeah, okay. Okay. All right, all right, keep going. Sorry. Lieutenant. And then then we also meet their lieutenant, who is played by Leslie David Baker, who, if you are a fan of The Office, it's Stanley! Oh, Stanley! It's just so refreshing to see Stanley um, slash Leslie. Yeah. And he he looks like he's having a great time. Good. Um, So a murder. good. (laughs) So a murder's gone down... Ever, you know, uh, Detective uh, Detective Edwards, uh, Melissa, she's automatically saying like, oh, I, you know, I think we can figure out who the perpetrator was, looking at you, uh, Detect- ex-Detective Phillips. Um, thankfully, uh, I'm just going to call him Lieutenant Stanley. <laughs> Lieutenant Stanley is like, no, 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 we're actually going to try and figure out what this case is. You two are going to have to work together like grown adults, which shockingly takes a while because they really hate each other, so we get to enjoy some wonderful comedic scenes of them hating each other so much that they get into physical altercations that include her biting Detective ex-Detective Phillips's dick. Okay. But we don't okay. in a hot tub. I, I know all of those words were English, but the way you <laughs> constructed yeah, them, I'm I, lost. I'm not, I'm not finding the arrangement <laughs> of them very well. I'll explain. Okay. <laughs> I was afraid so, of that. <laughs> <laughs> so they are paired up to figure out like to kind of do some investigating as to like who like what happened at the porn shop was this a hit was this a robbery except it's quickly shown it's not a robbery because they left all the cash right um we know that uh augustus bumbly pants was a character on happy time the happy time gang okay so maybe there's a connection there it's about to go into syndication as i mentioned earlier uh ex-detective uh phillips his brother Larry was also on the Happy Time Gang, uh-huh. um, and Larry's uh, changed a bit in the years since it was on TV. He got a nose job. He bleached his felt to be less blue, okay. and he had like a stitching tuck to be more handsome. Okay. Very interesting things that you can do to a puppet. You paused on um, bleaching weird, and I thought we were going a whole different direction. treated weirdly okay yeah well like, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and I, I mean I, I understand the coding there um so you know they're all sad about bumbly pants dying mm-hmm. but you know in because of the syndication happening they're all about to get a really big financial payout and the way that contracts are written up is that if they don't have any um, spouses or heirs the their share gets spread amongst the remaining cast members okay 
So, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So that kind of starts yeah, the yeah. wheels in motion. Yeah. And then um, the next murder, the next murder victim is uh, ex-detective Phillips' brother, Larry. He mm-hmm. gets killed. In a sh- he gets ripped apart by dogs. Okay. Real dogs, not puppet dogs. Oh, my God. He gets ripped apart by puppet dogs. Okay. While his, um, his uh, hot tub girlfriend is out of the hot tub making uh, margaritas. Oh. So she can't hear it until it's too late. Because she's got the... All right. Because the blender's going and Larry's getting ripped apart. It's a great time. Oh, God. (laughs) Margarita day. (laughs) So uh, while this is, you know, happening, we get a little more backstory on Detective... uh, Ex-Detective Phillips and uh, Detective Edward's relationship. They used to be really close. We get to see footage of them having, like, partying with the Happy Time gang. So you see that there was... What? Was best friend playing? People, let me tell you about my thing. No. Oh, all right. I may need to edit this out now because we might owe money. <laughs> no. No. Um, so we see that they were close at one point, like good friends, not like romantically. Yeah. Um. So Larry is dead. Phillips is angry. Um. Detective Edward shows up making funny jokes before realizing that it's Larry, which is what leads to them getting into fisticuffs in okay. a hot tub. And, like, he bites her boob, so she, like, rustles him down and tries to drown him, and then he, like, turns the tables on her, so she, like, manages to, like, pull him like a towel, and that's how she bites his puppet dick. Oh. Oh. I cannot demonstrate, and I will not. Yeah, please don't. (laughs) I'm sitting in the room next to you. Please don't. I've never been so happy that we're an audio-only podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is when Detective Stan- Lieutenant Stanley is like, you guys need to knock it off and grow a pair and figure this ca- this stuff out. Get it done. I would grow a um, pair, but she bit it. <laughs> you know what? It did not have, it didn't, it clearly didn't leave like a lasting problem for Detective, ex-Detective Phillips. Um, so now there's a murder, there's multiple murders, which means there's somebody out there looking to whack off the Happy Time gang. Things are getting real. So we move now to a new setting, Skillrow, the stuffing ghetto, to meet another character from the Happy Time Gang, because now they're going to interview all of them to kind of figure out what's going on. Okay. Um, this character is also played by Kevin Clash. He, his character is named Lyle. Even though, as I said, he's a member of the Happy Time Gang. Cool. And now he's a drug lord. And huh. this is the part of the movie where I find out for puppets and Melissa McCart- McCartney. McCartney? Uh, McCartney. <laughs> Sorry, it's like Paul. Um, <laughs> and for Melissa McCartney's character, that uh, puppets snort sugar because it's like ecstasy. Oh. And what? Uh, we get to see her snort some sugar. What? And she likes it. <sighs> That what? Uh, I don't wait. So puppets are like they have the same biological response to sugar that we do to cocaine. Is that what they're trying? Ecstasy. Ex. I'm sorry. Ecstasy. I think That's, it's supposed to be like e. Well, can you snort? You need, I maybe it is cocaine. I've I, never done either. Just whatever. They establish it's it as a hard drug. It's an upper. I we, can tell you that. We are very upper, clean okay. people here at Game Pro. <laughs> yeah, <movie. right>. uh, <laughs> here, let me sip my alcohol while I talk about this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. We only drink. We we only do downers here. Yeah, so she goes on a sugar bender, it's a rave, Lyle gets whacked off, as in killed. Oh, okay, okay. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you say whack? 
This movie ruined my brain! (laughs) (laughs) Lyle dies! So is there an octopus and cows involved, or what? Wait, no. <laughs> not in not in the sugar bender. Okay. Um, they oh, don't come god. back, thank god. Um, I also don't think they were killed in the. Por- I think they they survived the porn the porn shop massacre. Okay, the porn shop massacre. <laughs> <laughs> so more characters of the Happy Time Gang are dead. That really only leaves Elizabeth Banks' character. We'll get to her in a moment. We don't really know who's murdering the cast of the show. We're yeah. not really sure what, like, what the deal was with the client who showed up in Detective Phillips' office at the beginning of the film. But don't worry, because in the next scene, she's coming back. And uh, like I said, she's thirsty. And uh, this is where, for anyone who saw maybe the Red Band trailer, where the gratuitous puppet sex happens. Yep. Excellent. Yep. I and did. And I saw this trailer, and it was like, oh, I should see this. And then I never did. And I'm so glad yeah. I didn't. My note for this is just the letter U. Okay. Brought Lots of them. Brought to you uh, by the letter U. Yeah, yeah. Brought to you by the yeah, the letter yuck. Um, <laughs> I don't know who this, what this part was for. I understand that Jim Henson really resented the fact that a lot of people did not think that Muppets could be serious. They had to be for kids. Um, which is why, like, something like Avenue, Avenue Q, which has not aged really well, was so revolutionary when it came out in the early 2000s because it really showed that puppets or Muppets could be treated, could be used in adult entertainment tastefully. Yes, I agree. Well, this is not tasteful. Yeah, eh, eh, somewhat tasteful. Somewhat, you know what? I didn't like crank collars, so, yeah. like, this was not made for me. But I don't know who this was made for. Well, crank collars, crank anchors? Yeah, Crank Anchors. Okay. No, I just, yeah, I, no. I was trying to understand the reference. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crank Anchors. Like, I didn't yeah. watch that. Okay. But I just don't know what who this scene was for, other than the fact that they could do it, so they did do it. And, you know, the, if you've anyone has seen Food Fight, the ending orgy is more tasteful than this. Oh. Oh. You know what that ending Food Fight orgy yeah. has? It had meatloaf. Because it would be, uh, you know, um, no. it's a song. I know. I do anything. Yeah. I would do anything, anything for love. Oh, we're gonna owe so much money after this episode. <laughs> I think we're using just enough of the song that it falls under fair use. It's under fifteen seconds, I think. So, um, and we're singing this versus actually like playing. We're not playing the audio. Yeah. Okay. We're good. Um, we're good. So epic, epic puppet sex happens. You know what? To epic? the film's credit. I mean, it's epic because it's long, and it's notable that you know clothes don't like actually come off. Like I don't see no. any, t- I don't see puppet tits in this movie. Okay, puppet sex scenes. Team America, World Police versus this. What? What is? I've never actually seen. Um, I don't like. I don't like a marionette tree. Okay. <laughs> to be particular. We're we're getting we're getting into a lot of things here. Do okay. <laughs> I've never seen um. Whatever that project Team America, America World Police? Yeah, I, mean, I, I know of it. I haven't seen it. But it has Matt Damon. I didn't know Matt Damon was in it. He's not really in it. Okay. There's a puppet of Matt Damon that just says, Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hysterical. All right, keep going. Sorry, I'm distracted. Yeah, so epic puppet sex happens with the, the client lady who showed up earlier. This is also about the time where we finally get to hear like all of the backstory about why... Um, Detective Edwards and ex-Detective Phillips hate each other. Basically, 20 years ago, there was a robbery. There was um, a, a culprit who was getting away who took her hostage. 
Detective Phillips had a, had to take a shot. He did, but he missed. He missed so badly that his bullet hit an innocent bystander puppet, killing him in oh. front of his daughter. Oh. And uh, Melissa has just never forgiven him, and that's why detect- ex-Detective Phillips is the last puppet cop. Okay. There's that backstory. So, at this point, I've talked a while. I'll just wrap it. I'll, I'll get. I'll, I'll. I'll pick it up towards the end. Okay. So we still don't really understand what's going. Like who's whack, Who's killing all the puppets? We meet Elizabeth Banks's character. Like I said, she was the only human actress on the Happy Time Gang. Um, she's also like a former flame of Detective Phillips. She claims she's innocent, and then she gets killed in a fireball explosion oh. when she gets into her car and dies. So yay! That was great. Okay. <laughs> um. As all of this is starting to happen, uh, Detective Phillips is slowly starting to get framed for all of the murders because he happens to be around them or connected to them. So he gets taken in and they have a star witness. And it's this horny client girl from the beginning. Uh. Whose name is, and I should have said it earlier, Sandra White. Okay. Played by someone who I don't recognize. Um, Dorian Davies. Um, so yeah, Sandra White is there. She's like, yep, I saw him do it. He has a, you know, he's a hard on for murder. He wants to kill them all because then he'll get the money. Ha 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 ha. And this is the time in the movie where I got to see some puppet pussy. Oh. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Why though? Was that the basic instinct basic, style? Yeah. yeah. Basic, basic instinct that did it. And at this point, the film had not dropped enough breadcrumbs to help you figure out who might be the more actual murderer. So they found a way. <laughs> like life. <laughs> they found a way. Oh, no. And that is by, you know, her sultrily uncrossing her legs, showing full bush and clit, and then reclock crossing, and Detective Edwards saying, I guess the, the carpet doesn't match the drapes. Oh, wow. oh my okay. god yeah uh, so questions comments concerns well so i know <laughs> on a previous episode i know on a previous episode we wondered how much dick made it rated r versus nc-17 so how much pussy makes it rated r versus nc-17 I mean, this one clearly, I mean, it's less than 30 seconds. Okay. Let's find out um, how to become NC-17. This is definitely not the best way to uh, to do this. Probably not. <laughs> LA Times will tell me from 1993. They haven't changed the rules since 1993, <laughs> right? Wow. Sure they I don't know if I can multitask with this. We need Mitchell. Even though I'm the librarian, we need Mitchell's investigating skills. <laughs> I um, would... Andre, ask your questions, because we're... This is... Yeah, buy some time. Yeah. No, well, I, I'm sorry. Now I'm down this rabbit hole, and I'm searching it, too. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> NC-17 versus R is not the greatest search, but, you know, whatever. All right, so according to The Hollywood Reporter, at least with regards to actually having, like, sex, uh-huh. um... In a in a post in an in a thing titled "So How Many Thrusts Get You an NC-17 Rating?" <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, three okay. to four seconds. Okay. You can get away with it, but if it lingers for thirty to forty seconds, then you're in NC-17 territory. They're kind so of like the, they're 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 applying apply the, those rules to puppet pussy. 
Mm. We're there less than 30 seconds. Okay. Less than 30, four to, you know, three to four seconds. Yeah. Sure. However long it takes for her to uncross and cross her legs, probably. Basic instant yeah. stuff. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. All right. I'm, so... I'm a little mad I went down this rabbit hole, but I was curious. <laughs> so all of this culminates with, you know, now clearly the client is in, is like onto something. Yeah. So, um, Melissa and Maya Rudolph go to her house and they, you know, it, it's a very fake looking home. So they find a hidden, a hidden door in the wall. They open it up and her, the Sandra White's evil plan is revealed. And it turns out that she was the daughter of the dad who, um, Detective Phillips accidentally shot. 20 years back oh. and all of this has been a revenge quest so in the name of revenge hooray vengeance um so unfortunately my rudolph character is a bit of a moron oh. and clicks the tape recorder that says play me and the whole room bursts into flames so yeah. bye-bye evidence there wow. it is. yep and then i zoned out for a little bit Yeah, he definitely choked and she's dead. No. (laughs) Um, We also find out that her hair is dyed. It's not actually red. It's purple. So the carpet the carpet does Does match match the the drapes. Yeah, we find that out. And I'm glad they left no stone unturned. Yeah, no stone unturned right there. Um, and the movie comes to a nice, uh, you know, uproarious ending with a sing-along, all our most Muppet-y or Muppet-themed, puppet-themed things. And you know what? This movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, my final note was 20 minute, minutes too long. What was Elizabeth Banks doing here? She should have just, she's not actually dead. Spoiler. She didn't, she was in on it, sort of. Okay. She's maybe Mary. This isn't the fugue state part that I entered. I missed the part where Elizabeth Banks is actually not dead and working with Sandra and also secretly married to her because then if Elizabeth Banks dies, Sandra White will then inherit all the shares from the Happy Time gang because she's the actual spouse of the last living oh. member. So it's not a stupid idea, but it's really convoluted, and at this point, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a waste of Elizabeth Banks. However, next time a trivia question comes up on name an Elizabeth Banks movie, I've got one. Thank you. Great. (laughs) Um, I I gotta imagine that comes up a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I I would imagine that all the people who worked on this film had a really, really great time. I'm not, you know, gonna say that they made a mistake, but... But... I can see why this movie tanked. Okay. This movie's budget was forty to forty-seven million. It raked in twenty-seven point five million. Mm. That's too much. Ouch. So now it lives in ne- on Netflix. For That's the a hard watch. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Um, um, 
Okay, Andre, did you have questions before we get to a rating? Okay, You're happy you didn't watch this with me. Yes, I'm very happy. That's not a question, though. That's just a known <laughs> fact. I feel like <laughs> from your summary. Um, so well, how was the puppetry in this one? If that's It so- was really good. Okay. Yeah, no, like, I was mean, it well they're done? embracing green. So it's similar to how they did um, the Dark Crystal Uprising. They are embracing green screen technology. So, um... The most common way that they're doing it is that they'll have, like, um, the puppet itself will be, uh, they'll have, like, long um, poles, and then the puppeteer will be standing behind them, either at full height or at half height, manipulating the arms and potentially the legs. So okay. they're dressed up in the green green screen gimp suit. The poles are covered in the green screen mate- green material. Screen so they're no, longer, they're no longer doing the... Um, at least for certain shots, they're not doing the thing where they would build, like, the stage raised, mm-hmm. and then the characters would be under the stage with their arms sticking up. They're not doing that anymore. Uh, or at okay. least not for, a, like, for some of the movie they are, but not the whole film. So it was good, and the designs are really, really good. Hmm. Um, They made a cow puppet milk. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess that's impressive. In yeah, a way. they did that. In a way. Um, And they... Uh. They gave a puppet a pussy. Yep, they yep. did that. With a very, very large clitoris. Great. Okay. Love, very happy to know that. <laughs> I feel like Great she says clitoris. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I think we're, we're going to, uh, we're going to rating now. <laughs> yeah. What rating? Um, <laughs> it's, it, it's a Mitchell Zero because they made a movie, but like there's so many little asterisks and footnotes I want to put on to that because it's like, yes, Brian, make more movies. I like the concept of hot entertainment, hence in alternatives. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love that idea. I think that there is a reality or slash version of this movie that may have not been as bad. I think they just really leaned too hard into the fact that we could be racy and adult just because. and sexy, and we're just going to run away with that, right. which is why we've got, like, a 45-second puppet ejaculation scene. Yep. Mm. That's a thing. Yeah. That is a thing. You probably go see a doctor about that. Yep. So. Puppet Viagra. Mitchell Zero, <laughs> or if I really have to give it a ranking, I'll give it a one out of five. Melissa McCarthy snorting sugar. I feel like okay, that's... So, wait. So like, Mitchell, Mitchell snorts, Zero's half a star. What? The Mitchell Zero's half a star. You're giving I'm it a giving one? I'm more than half a star because I want to see puppets and these puppeteers working. Okay. And you know what? Special shout out because Bill Beretta is working. He's involved in a new show. Okay. That's not for adults. It's for kids called um, The Barbarian and the Troll. I watched a teaser for it. It was about six minutes long. Um, it looks really cool. It's like She-Ra-ish, so like female empowered female character, but with some like attitude and Muppet-esque humor. Okay. And it's coming to a Nickelodeon near you. Nice. Channel, not not the theater. Um, <laughs> I went and... to the Nickelodeon and I got <laughs> Yeah, the old Nickelodeon. <laughs> Kevin Clash to be in things again. Um, 
but this movie is just bad. Okay. All right. Well, unfortunate. Yeah. That's but very unfortunate. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry for like the 40 minute. <laughs> oh no, we're good. I, I, I feel like I went on a journey on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, really I think have. that was that was more so we were interested in that and were distracting. And all of my crazy mental picture of this movie. Some but. other things that I wrote just while doing this was like I guess there was this part where somebody was eating some pie because I wrote the words now I want pie. Um, and I guess I really liked, uh, yeah, I, I liked Phil, Phil Phillips, because I wrote four times, Phil is likable, the main character is likable, I like this puppet. Alright. Okay. Okay. Speaking of things we like, uh, we have a commercial from our friends at Dads on Dayquil, and we love them. Uh, the gnome, the dome, and the stoned take you into their show, uh, Dads on Dayquil, we'll be back after this. In a world filled with COVID and chaos, three dads bring to you a riot of entertainment every hump day. Hump day! We are Jordan, a.k.a. The Gnome. Josh, a.k.a. The Dome. AJ, a.k.a. The Stone. And together, we're dads on DayQuil. Between the three of us, we have ten kids. (laughs) That we know about! (laughs) We're talking about you, Johnny Six. (laughs) Sit down, turn up the volume, and crack a cold one. As we bring you a glimpse into our dad lives, we break down our weekly events with our dad stories and tons of shout outs. Dad Corner! We bring you dad games. We also cover music, movies, and all things entertainment. Hell, we even bring you the Stone Safe House for off the wall references. Hey So come check us out on your favorite podcast platform, even if you prefer certain platforms that we don't. Yeah. We're talking about you, Google Podcast. Me, 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 meow. Dad's out. That was promo from our friends, Dad's on Dayquil. If you're not checking them out, why aren't you? Check them out, of course, after listening to the rest of us. Um, so we new, move now to our newest segment. It's called Hashtag Cash or Trash. Uh, if you've got a Cash or Trash suggestion for us, uh, tag us on Twitter at Game for a Movie P1. Hashtag Cash or Trash. Tell us what you think we should do for Cash or Trash. Um, anything recent that is um, on streaming services because everybody's still stuck inside for the most part for right now. Although we're really close to a fully vaccinated podcast, which is great. Yeah. Uh, really close. Um, so I will start us off. The other thing that I had watched that is on Netflix, it's called Bad Trip. Uh, it's Little Ray. It's... Eric Andre and Tiffany Haddish. Um, Eric Andre and Little Ray steal Tiffany Haddish's car. Tiffany is supposed to be a um, just got out of prison and is the sister to Little Ray. Um, Eric meets up with, and obviously these are all character names and stuff like that. They have real character names, but I'm just giving you the actors right now. Yeah, right. Eric Andre, yeah. Eric Andre meets up with his high school crush, and she's like, if you're ever in New York, so he decides to drive with Lil Ray from Miami to New York to talk to her. Um, Along the way, it's hidden camera, like antics, pranks, that kind of stuff. Um, If you've seen one of these prank shows, like Bad Grandpa or something like that, this takes it up to 11. 
Like, there is a part where they literally get their dicks together in a Chinese finger trap. And they walk into places with their dicks out in this Chinese finger trap. Like, it is not meant to be something that's like... I don't know. It's not supposed to be for kids, for sure. But it's not supposed to be like your tame pranks. There's a part where Eric Andre loses all his clothes and is just naked in front of a guy. Um, all right. Yeah, so there's... It goes way off the charts to 11. Like, I actually think the end of the movie had less crazy pranks than the beginning of the movie. Huh, okay. So it kind of tames down as it goes, which is weird. But, yeah, it's um, it's hysterical. I actually really enjoyed it. Um, if you like these prank shows and stuff like that, you'll definitely like it. Um, this one is, I think, superior of the prank show movies. It's better than, like, Bad Grandpa um, obviously Jackass is better because Jackass, um, but the Impractical Jokers movie is another recent one that I thought of and it's not, sure. it's not as good. I don't think. So I guess my dumb, dumb quite like if, this, if I liked the Eric Andre show, would I like this movie? You I think? think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, 100%. Gotcha. Right. Instead Go. of, instead of Hannibal, it's now, um, Lil Ray. That's yeah. basically okay. it. But the funny thing is they, they can take it completely serious. Like, the entire plot is an actual movie plot that just so happens to have them doing pranks that kind of fit. And then at the end, of course, they show, like, a reel of them admitting to the people how you were on camera, this was a prank, blah, blah, blah. Um, which is hysterical because there's a part where literally he uses the safe word, and I didn't know they had a safe word before. He literally uses the safe word at a point, and it, it wow. kind of is really like, oh shit, he's actually might get his ass beat. <laughs> What's the safe word? Uh, it was poppers. Poppers? Poppers. Very good. Okay. Huh. All right. Yeah, I feel like you could work that into a conversation. He doesn't work it into a conversation. He's like talking with this guy, and the guy's like, dude, get the fuck out of my face, and then like stands up, and Eric goes, <laughs> all right, poppers, <laughs> poppers, poppers, poppers. And then, like, runs away. <laughs> so, um, it is a dumb movie. It is, don't expect anything smart. But if you like these kind of movies, it's really enjoyable. The pranks are hysterical. I laughed really hard. Um, it's one of those movies I expected to be on my phone the whole time. And I put the phone down to watch the end of it. That's how much it got me. That's good praise. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys don't really have one per se per person. I think we had no. two you were going to talk about. So whoever wants yeah. to talk about the first one, jump in there. Well, sure. So there, it's a superhero combo of sorts. Um, okay. So Jill and I just started um, Invincible on Amazon. It's a, a superhero and adult animated superhero TV show on Amazon Prime. I think four episodes are out at the time yep. of recording. Yes. Um, and so we've only just seen the first one, and they're what? They're paced at about, like, 40 minutes each, so the not first quite one was an hour long. An hour. Okay. Yeah, what's that? I think the first one was, like, closer to an hour. Yeah, the first one was closer to an hour, you're right, but they're, I think they're timed with, to be within an hour, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, I mean, first impressions, I mean, it, it seems like a solid show. I mean, this is this is based off of an existing comic book series, but it's, it's like, it's like not a super long one, right? Like, closer to, like, Watchmen and Lights. Yeah. Right on that mic? It's a, okay. it's a, it's a finished... Like, yeah, it's been finished for quite some time. Um, so it's definitely longer than Watchmen. Um, but yes, it's been finished. Uh, it's Robert Kirkman who does Walking Dead, and basically, when Walking Dead got picked up, Invincible kind of went on the back burner. Gotcha. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, this is obviously just like a, a, a riff off of the classic um, Avengers slash Justice League uh, formula. You know, war, this is a war, this is a world where superheroes have long been an established thing, and it follows um, our young protagonist Mark Grayson. Um, who is, like, he's in high school, his father is Omni-Man, who might as well just be Superman, Mm -hmm. Uh, he has a very similar backstory, an alien from another planet that came to this, from this this planet, and, uh, you know, settled down, had a, had a, started a a family with a human, human woman, and had a kid, and so, um, we're starting, the the series starts when Steve, when, when Mark is just about to get, just gets his powers, and, his uh, his dad basically has to teach him the old like how to how to control his powers, how to be a superhero, how to be like him. With great um, power comes great responsibility. It's yeah, puberty, whole, but like, different. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and and again, it's the bad, the key part of the backdrop is that Superman established things. So I was like, oh, all right, you got your powers. Well, now it's time to meet my 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 guy, the costume guy that like the tailor that the makes tailor. all the costumes. Yes, it was voiced by Mark Hamill, and he's great. Yeah. Um, I thought Andrew's like, do you recognize that person was like a Jewish actor? (laughs) (laughs) No, that's the thing. Like, what was what was the um what was the guy's name? It was very much very Jewish. Yeah, it was very Jewish. Um, I'm trying to remember, dude. Um, It it, it was. It wasn't. It wasn't. um, Oh gosh, not Anthony Goldstein. (laughs) Not Anthony Goldstein. Not J.K. Rowling's very good Jewish wizard named Anthony Goldstein. Hold on, I'm looking for something like that though. Anyways, the, the, that's neither here nor there. Um, uh, but you know, the, it, so it, it starts out pretty tro- like not like trophy, but like in a good way. Yeah. And obviously, I can't talk about this without um, spoiling. But not everything is as it seems. Uh, Art Rosenbaum. What's that? Mark Rosenbaum. Art Rosenbaum. Art Rosenbaum. That's that's a fair Jewish tailor name. Yep. 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 Voiced by voiced Mark by Hamill. the Gentile Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> um. We were just watching Avatar, and he voices the main villain, um, Fire Lord uh, Ozai. So nice. his voice is fresh in my mind. So that's fair. Anyways, um, I feel like that's a lot of time for a character that shows up for maybe two minutes in the episode. But either way, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. The characters are likable um, so far. We like, again, this is just first impressions. Yeah. Um, the characters are likable. The the uh, the episode ending definitely. Uh, has us hooked and wants us, has us wanting more. Yep. We can't really say more on that, but all I can say is that it's an enthusiastic, hey, check this out. It seems very interesting. And, I mean, it's a finite, complete story already, and it seems to have a lot of fan following, so excited to watch more. It two is ca- cash. Two caches. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and so then, Jill, you'll take over our last one, then. Yeah. Um, also superhero-themed, it is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Of course. Which is uh, part of the Marvel's, Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinema, Cinematic Universe takeover of our TVs and computers. <laughs> um, and for those of you who might not be in the know, um, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier takes place right after the events of Endgame and roughly probably right after the events of WandaVision. Um, okay. Those two, that series actually has not been referenced once. Um, and we're following along with what happens after uh, Sam Wilson is given the shield by uh, now no more Captain America, Steve Rogers, and what happened to Bucky Burns. Um, and we're three episodes in, and for a limited series that only has six episodes, Andre and I walked out of the first episode thinking, that was all right, but that wasted a lot of time. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, I'm in the they, same boat on that. 
Yeah, <laughs> both uh, Bucky and Sam spent no time together in the first episode. They, which is fine. I don't. I don't have a problem. Which with is that, fine. But. We were busy establishing their wants and needs and what they're up to right now. We were introduced to one of the villains of the series, the Flag Smashers. Although we don't really know what they're about. Right. Um. But once again, for a six-episode series called The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That was quite a bit of time taken up setting things up and ending it with them not interacting. Um, so first episode, mm, okay, not really sure where this is going. Second episode was a, was a better improvement. Now Bucky and Sam are together. They're going out to try and figure out what's going on with the Flag Smashers. Clearly, they have enhanced abilities. Potentially, there's some super serum super soldier serum afoot mm-hmm. um we get some more about the, the flag smashers and we get to meet the new captain america because sam in the first episode didn't hold on to the shield right he gave it back yeah um which was you know i figured that was gonna something that was going to happen so we're introduced to the the marvel cinematic universe's I guess it's not the cinematic because it's a TV it's show. The, well, yeah, sure. it's still, they're still called the MCU. Okay, the yeah. MCU universe's um, equivalent of John Walker, the new Captain America, um, played by Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. Wyatt Russell. Okay. Side note: He's apparently Separate. getting. <sighs> this is inevitable, I guess, but he's getting death threats from shitheads. Yes, yeah, it's just not cool. It pisses me off. Yeah, it's so dumb. I mean, like, again, like, I guess you would have had to expect it, but that's still not fucking okay. If he, if He's an actor. He didn't write the show. If you, want to, if you want to send death threats to somebody, Jesus fucking Christ, why this guy? Yeah, right. Exactly. It, it, you need to separate the character from, from, the, the, per- from the actual actor. Like, and I can't, let's, let's as, I can't think of him as... I can't think of him as anything else as the uh, best friend of um, Channing Tatum in 22 Jump Street. That's a, oh my god, you're right, he is in 22 Jump Street. Wow, that's him. How could you hate that guy? Right, how could you hate that guy? Just think of him as that, the football player. And the, and the second episode of the series is a really good, like the first scene of the episode, You we meet him, we get to see the weight of him taking on the mantle of Captain America. Right. He doesn't want to mess this up, he knows what this means. Yep. And then the rest of the episodes does a really great job of making you hate him. Yep. Yeah. They didn't yeah. really. He's really great in that he like, he's definitely believable as that douchebag guy. guy that peaked in high school. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like definitely got that vibe. Like, yeah, I went to high school with, with like three of these yeah, guys. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, we also get to meet some other characters, including potentially another um another super soldier uh, serum participant. Okay. Uh, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's some really interesting ramifications with that one. Yep. And the second episode ends with um, both Bucky and Sam acknowledging they have no leads. They can't work. They refuse to work with new Captain America and um, his sidekick. So what do they got? They got Hydra. Well, Hydra doesn't exist anymore, but there's someone out and about who really hates Hydra, who's pretty smart and might have some leads on where to go. <laughs> and like definitely has... I was just going to say, and, it definitely uh, has good dance moves. <laughs> and the second episode ends with them cutting to uh, Baron Zemo sitting in jail. So we're just... Is this, this is, is this now just like a Captain Falcon? Or is Captain Falcon? Wow, Jesus Christ. Captain Falcon. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like, spoiler cast? Like, is that, is that oh, where sorry. we're at now? Yeah, I was no, just going to say... Well, oof, I never t- did it. I got too zealous. I know. All right. <laughs> I mean, hold on to, hold on to episode three. Just hold on to it. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah hold on to it. Yes. So we, we've got some characters on the board now. You've seen the gif of him dancing. That is not something that we spoiled. That, is, that, that gif of him dancing gives me life. It's yeah. amazing. I'm yes. just saying. I That's, needed that. Um, might be my favorite shot of the show so far. Yeah. Yes. I, agree. <laughs> I would say that it did take about the, until the third episode for me to kind of go from being meh to okay. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like kind of, I'm 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 okay on it. Like I still like it. I'm, we'll watch the rest of yeah, it. Yeah, we're gonna for sure. watch it. And we've been watching it as it comes out. Um, Marvel consumes my life. What's that? Marvel consumes my life. So exactly you know, right? Yes, my, we are. My big question, like, my, if if you are like, if there's anything to walk away from, I would say that we knew Wandavision. What Wandavision was going to be setting up within the next phases. We have a general sense now that we've seen the Loki trailer that just dropped today of what that might be setting up, but it's not really clear what films, uh, I mean, now I'm going to be referring to the end of episode two. Mm -hmm. It's not really clear where, what this is setting up for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe it's not setting up anything, which is totally fine. It's just the transition series to explain why characters might have different uh, alter ego names in future films. Who knows? And again, I'm good if like none of these things tie into the cinematic universe in any way, shape, or form. If they are just like filler standalone. TV shows, yeah, they're standalone and they're mini series. And, and and that's what I'm wondering is that is that what this is? This real the 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 purpose of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is pretty much filler. It'll explain why char- why some characters might have different names moving forward, and we used it as an ex- not an excuse as a device to na- to introduce new locations and other characters that might be more meaningful in future films, be it from the Disney Marvel canon or the newly acquired 20th Century Fox canon. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go. I will be honest, in two episodes. I am leaning more on the trash side than the cash yeah. side. I'm, I didn't want to call it full on trash, but after the second episode, I would definitely have put it more on, we need like a middle. So there's yeah. cash, there's trash. That, it's supposed to be cash and trash because you have to you have to decide. You have to you decide. decide. I don't want to yep. decide. And the way so I'm to sitting. Me, to me, fine, I, will, I will decide. I To me right now, the series is too well executed for me not to call it cash. Okay. That being said, um, I, it's definitely not as cash as, I feel like I'm breaking the rules, so not as cash as WandaVision. I'm not nearly as focused as it was WandaVision. So I will also, sit... No, go for it. I'll sit on the opposite. I am currently sitting at trash. Right. And I, I think I... Obviously, we've seen the third episode. We're not trying not to spoil it. Third episode got me more there, but mm. I'm still sitting at trash just because we are now halfway through the yeah. six-episode arc. And yeah. that's the first time where you've made me say, okay, cool. Um, yeah. Obviously, Same. I'm still going to watch it. It's... Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth. For yeah. a six-part series, the fact that it really it only took until the third episode to really be like, all right, yeah. interesting. And even then, the third episode is by no means perfect. There are still some some pretty big things where it's like, okay, we're moving into episode four, and there's still... I'm still drawing blanks on right. some of these things. Yep. How long How long are the next three episodes going to be? Right. Because my attention span, this is a TV series. You can't ask me to sit here for ninety um, for a 90-minute um, episode five right. and a ni- another 90-minute episode six and mm-hmm. think I'm going to walk away from it being like, wow, that was worth it. Yeah. 
I agree with that 100%. Um, something that I will note is that I was reading a thing that said when pitched the concept for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. um, uh, Anthony Mackie was really hesitant because he was concerned that it wouldn't transition well and he didn't want to be part of the first Marvel thing to fail. Mm-hmm. And I really, like, I don't think this is going to fail. I think the numbers are already in its favor. I think the show, problems aside, is cinema is filmed really well. Mm-hmm. I think that the mystery and the story is going to pay off, hopefully, knock on wood. But it is an interesting thing. Is this where the bloat and we the glass ceiling finally starts to come into focus? I don't, I mean, I don't think I don't that's going to happen. Um, yeah, and, we're still, well, go for it, Mike, sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, and I've seen Outside the Wire, so obviously Anthony Mackie doesn't care that much about being in a thing that sucks. <laughs> um, and, Ew. again, please, this is nothing against Anthony Mackie, because I actually think he was really great in it, but being really great in something that sucks still sucks. Yep. I found out also that Anthony Mackie loves the Golden Girls Oh, that really like, touched Maggie. my heart a bit. He lo- he met Betty White, and apparently she was like, "If I was forty years younger." Oh my! Yes, <laughs> I will ship oh those my. two: young Betty White and Anthony Mackie. Oh yeah! Oh, what a pair! Yeah, I'm in. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think, honestly, uh, the the fact that the, that um we were basically forced into a year-long break from Marvel content. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the best thing that could have happened to it. Yeah, maybe not so many words, but yes, it's definitely a big boon because right now Marvel interest is still strong. Like, if this was coming out, like, six months after, you know, Endgame or something like that, maybe it would have been like, okay, I don't need to watch this right now. But, like, right now, you know, like, WandaVision was fresh enough. That was, that was a fun watch. It was fun to jump back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I'm still enjoying my time again after a year break from it, right? Yeah. So I, I think that this is still going to do well enough, right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think at this point they would need a fan four stick level disaster, which is not. This is totally and it's, and it's that's, not even close. The, this yeah. absolutely is not that. And right. to be fair, I think unless Baye has a stroke and loses his mind and green lights something on fan fan four stick proportions, then there's more than that being a problem. Mm. Yeah. Like the, this, I think uh, they have enough watching, of a plan now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was watching um, a thing on YouTube that was talking about Zack Snyder's um, Justice League, which is a conversation for a different day. But they Ooh, were making a really good episode. point that the uh, DC's cinematic universe was in the lap of one guy, that's his vision, versus Marvel, which originally was going to be Joss Whedon's thing, and then Joss got burnt out and backed yeah. out. And that really opened up the gates to let's have somebody up at the top of Kevin Feige mm-hmm. kind of do the broad strokes and then bring in all of these different directors to fill fill them in with their own take and personality and color give it give this the tapestry that is the MCU color uh, character yeah. versus dark and drab and monotone um which is why and, we have now Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman or Shazam or something like that. And why, yeah, and even Aquaman. Even like, Aquaman, you know, yeah. Oh, James Bond's Aquaman. But, yeah, that's um, great. Where was I? Where was I going with this? With, with yeah, with regards to like the Marvel, like I, I really feel that because it's so well, uh, they have someone who they've got a great guy at the helm, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he's already thought about his successor and what that's going to look like. 
I think they have a giant binder of the next 20 years. Yeah, I agree. Of Marvel planned. All right, we are sitting in hour 46 before I cut it down. So I really need to go. Um, I, I love talking with you guys, so I don't I didn't want to like cut it short or anything like that. Um, oh, yeah. You can cut short Appreciate my summary, uh, my accidental summary of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Okay, we're we're good for right now. You went for it. We're good for right go now. Go for it. Um, there's a lot of things you can cut from my, uh, my, my, my puppet disaster film. Nothing's being touched of that besides the one part. <laughs> um, no, but thank you guys very much. Um, I've been your host, Mike, for Game for a Movie. I've been joined by... Andre. And Jill. Thank you guys for listening to Game for a Movie, where we ask, are you game for a movie? We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.